and we are recording. So straight back in with the Recomp Basics. Here's an intro that's not an intro. Uh, we're going to have a pretty class conversation today with the man, the face of autonomy. Uh, so I've known Nathan for quite a while now, uh, crossed paths a few years back, uh, worked along side by side for about eight or seven or eight months uh, last year um, and the year before. And uh, now we are pretty much voice noting back and forth uh, because our paths are very much aligned. And uh, he is someone that I'm very, very happy to have within my network because he's a solid sounding board for just shooting the shit and sometimes actually chatting, uh, chatting shop when it comes to coaching. So we've got the pleasure of uh, having quite a lot of topics to run through today. And the first and foremost, before I ask who Nathan is and give you a big deep existential crisis, I try to bring <laughs> Um, I want to ask, you've been about, you've definitely been to Dubai before you spent a couple of years here. So can you give me some tips? Um, I'm going to ask you top three spots. First off, top coffee shop. Um, you were there the other day though. So Common Grounds wins every single time. Yeah, it's, that's a good recommendation actually. Um, although they had, uh, I went there today for eggs and there was a hair of my eggs. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but coffee spot. On. Um, and then restaurant, top restaurant. Um, steak for Nusset, obviously um, the Steak Bay, um, Cheesecake Factory for Cheesecake. Um, if you want something a bit different, uh, there's a French restaurant on JBR that looks like a, it looks like a, not a casino, but like it's got like random mosaics outside uh, and you go upstairs and it's got like, you get gold plated, like it came with like a lamb shank gold plated. But I got the um, I got the buffet of meats and they do uh, exotic meats. So like it was like um, oh, it, was like, it was like zebra, uh, those type of ones. And it's like French where there's like loads of like different like different meats that you would never really have. And we just went. I took my mum there and then she got a lamb, lamb, she had lamb shank and I got like 12 courses of exotic meats. <laughs> so <laughs> That's actually, that sums up Dubai, though, isn't it? It's like, what do you want on your meat? Gold. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, and then like just odd one complete oddball uh what's the top activity anything that you'd recommend that i, that I check out whilst i'm here uh, outside of the usual ones i think you should go out to uh rasal cayman and uh, go though for there for a state staycation that's unbelievable um as well as that you've got uh the alcudra bike ride if you've already been there but like um you go cycling and it's a massive track in out in the desert um, and basically we one time we went and um, we went in the car and we took the wrong turning and we ended up driving down a horse racing track like literally and it was um the the prince's horse racing track we ended up taking the right the wrong right turn onto a dirt track and you, and we ended up down a middle of a horse racing track which is unbelievable like there's loads of cars following us because it was like we weren't supposed to be there um, but anyway we ended up to this uh, bike riding um, place and it was like a a large large loop and um, it's for people the wankers in the latex um, <laughs> yeah um yeah i've got a bit of like i need to get involved in some stuff like i've done a little bit of kayaking we've been out and about on beaches and stuff like that um but you know i landed here and we were pretty much building a few things business-wise so i was like right we'll, we'll take care of that that and i've got a little bit of like probably post-traumatic stress from when i when i was when i was here in december because we went uh buggying like you know the yeah yeah go-kart things out in the desert and uh yeah 
I don't really do things in half measures. So literally, like I was in the I was in the thing for like two and a half minutes, and I managed to take the wheel clean off it, like trying to jump it over a dune. And I was like, expensive five hundred quid excess. Like, yeah, like stay out. Um, Simon uh, Simon Johnson, he was in the passenger seat of that, and he'd had it for thirty minutes, and uh, it was like, how did you manage to do that in like two minutes flat? <laughs> anyway, um, right, dude. So you have. Uh, You've got quite a lot to share, but let's uh, before we go into like just giving value, I want to know, and I want everybody who's listening to it to know who is Nathan, what you're about. Um, give me a run through your history and where you're currently at. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, apart from my ex- existential crisis, if I don't know who Nathan is, which um, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out every single damn day. Um, I guess at the moment I'm a business owner, coach, educator, mentor slash all of these jack of all trades master of fuck all um but but basically i've I've spent the last 10 years trying to get people less fat and people in shape and then keep them in shape longer term and i think that's probably the the large calling message for me at the moment in time is whether i'm educating or mentoring or coaching uh gem pop individuals it's finding a long-term solution to getting in shape and then staying in shape um personally myself i struggled with that years and years ago and then when I was able to find that solution for myself, it made my business get better, my life get better, my relationships get better, because I wasn't plagued by the yo-yo diet headspace, which is a cloud above everyone's head that they don't realize is there until you clear it. It's like having shit sleep. And when you get a good sleep, you're like, oh my God, this is what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my calling card. And now we're a team of three trying to navigate the world of, of trying to help people um, do the same thing. So um, what is that, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think that pretty much does sum you up because it's one of those ones like one like one morning you could be voice noting me and it'd be like, so what do you think of this for a long term strategy to keep somebody in shape? And then the next one, it's like, right, dude, so, uh, you know, we're growing and here's the coaching side of things. And then it's like, right, what do you think about how this comes across if I'm going to mentor other coaches? And I'm like, right, so you've yeah. got a lot of hats, you're wearing a lot of shit right now. Like, um, but I think that is it. It's like all of those align with your main thing right now is to teach people the journey that you've went through over the last 10 years. And you've, you know, without blowing smoke up your ass, you've pretty much, I wouldn't say finalized it, but you've definitely got a very good grasp on it and and a better grasp on it than I've seen most coaches within the industry. So you've you've definitely earned the right to be starting to teach coaches that as well. I appreciate that. So with that, let's say... we know what you're about. We know what, what's driving you. But uh, let's uh, let's unpack some of these travel stories, mate. Because as much as we chat coaching, like you've definitely given me a lot of recommendations and places to check out. Uh, it's been boring on my end at the minute because I'm set in Dubai. But uh, I, I say boring. Like let's let's not rub that into everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> back home. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's not the vision of traveling that I expected. So, but uh, like, how long was it you travelled for? It was it was it was, it was fourteen months. Yeah, and that was straight though, wasn't it? Like that was yeah, that was straight. That was um from November 2018, I left and went to <laughs> the Ukraine, um and then uh, ended up like coming back for Christmas. Um, but I did like a little couple of trips before then, and then basically 2019 was spent um traveling from destination to destination. I think I got to 52 cities in uh, 52 weeks, which is mental. Um, and I would never ever do it again, but. As, as you don't do it in half, I also don't do things in half. So I think that's why we got on very well. Um, yeah. And I thought, well, do you know what? If I've got a spare week, then why spend it in Runcorn or, or Cheshire or, or London when I could be spending it somewhere else? And 
the delusions of grandeur of spending it on the beach somewhere was always that kind of thing that you had to chase. So yeah, yeah, until until you get the reality where it's like you're on the beach and you've got no Wi-Fi and you can't do your job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you spend you spend it in you spend it in a co-working space or you spend it in your in your hotel room. And you're like, wait, hang on. So which country am I in? Because these Sheridan hotels look exactly the same between <laughs> between Dubai, um, the Ukraine, and then somewhere like Bilbao. They all look the exact same in the indoors. So you're like, yeah. okay, I could be anywhere right now. Burst the bubble for every like up and coming online coach. Be like, nope, sorry, mate. Laptop lifestyle is not what you think it is. Um, it's not even to be honest. It's not that fun um, because yeah. I, I, as people are learning now during COVID, is that if you t- if you work at home, you have to separate your own boundaries. But it's really difficult to do that. Like work and a, and a, and a stationary place to go to to leave all your baggage and leave all your work stuff there and then come away is so valuable right now. Um, yeah. And what I was finding is that it wasn't enjoyable to, I know it sounds a little wanky, but I wasn't enjoyable to be on the beach and do work because work was stressful because I was like always on. And I, as, as we do, as always, you go a hundred mile an hour because that's what we enjoy doing. But going a hundred mile an hour makes, means you focus on one thing and it isn't the sunshine. It isn't the beach, it isn't the, the cocktails, the mockers, whatever it is. It's actually that you get sucked into it. And like, it's not the, um, it's never the place that you go to. It's what you what you do there and how you separate what you're doing currently and and navigate that. And if you're never present within like enjoying some downtime on the beach, you don't actually get the benefit of enjoying some downtime on the beach. You know, you're still answering emails, you're still like WhatsApping clients back and forth. And I think is you hit a nail on the head. Like I think even like nine to five workers that that can switch off are now feeling the the hardships of that because the lines are blood. You know, they're their desks here, their beds there, their gym equipment's two feet away and there's like no distinction. And that's why like a lot of times, even like I've definitely had it, you've probably had it as well as where you're getting clients being like, I just don't feel like I'm in the mood, you know, to train. Um, you're like, right, well, that's because you've not got like your walking to the gym, like routine. It's not a clear boundary. And when you walk in these walls, that's what you're doing. Um, so I, I had that straight away. As soon as I landed in Dubai, I took longer than I expected. I know I, I enjoy a little bit of chaos and, uh, you know, even I struggled with finding that straight routine straight away, finding that daily structure that works for me. It took me the best part of about three to four weeks. And when I'd left, uh, when I'd left Scotland, I thought we'll do a month in each location. We'll move on to the next. And I got like three weeks in and I was like, I've not even seen Dubai. <laughs> like, I've done <laughs> here. Um, I figured out where I like to work in the morning. I figured out where a good coffee spot is. And uh, I've been to the beach twice. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's not seeing a city. So both uh, Jade and myself have definitely went, right, we're going to slow this right down. Um, so I, I, can, I can get 100% behind that 52 cities in 52 weeks is, uh, that's insane, mate. Yeah. But on the, on the flip side of that, you've probably got quite a lot of stories because every single thing that I bring up, you've got something that relates to it, like in some aspect. So, I mean, it's just, you just put yourself in those environments and something either goes wrong or it's a, it's a fantastic like place. You know, you just, the great stories of like, you know, always, always the, the legend, the always weekly uh, monthly trips or whatever to Ibiza, uh, the Gili Islands, which is fantastic. And anybody knows that does like Thailand, Vietnam, and has, has done some period there, you know what goes on there. And like, you, when you stay at hostels and stuff like that, it's just crazy. And I was super, super, um, I was an amateur uh, when it comes to like that type of travel. Like I'm a more of a Michael Kors bag, suitcase, Uber to the Uber to the hotel type of individual. Or oh, I got to that point. Anyway, I started my travels in, in November with a backpack and then by February I was suitcasing and Ubering and, and, um, and trying to get as much uh, 
um, luxuries as possible. And uh, and then you you just you just realize when you go to somewhere like Vietnam is like Jesus Christ, like they live a different life here, and you can live a different life there. And there's just manic, it's manic constantly. Uh, every night is a party night. Every night is a night to go. You know, people do you know drugs in the in the in the uh, the the hostels straight up and everyone's living like it's their last night because they've got no job right and i'm there at 6 a.m in the morning on my laptop while people are still <laughs> you know they're still still doing work i'm getting up while the other people on the bunk beds are just like literally getting in from from a night out yeah it's a, a, a very very weird stuff like i suppose that's the difference isn't it with actually traveling like working whilst you're traveling like you have built a business that you can do remotely um i suppose now that you've got a stable base you're realizing just how much more productive you actually can be that you thought you were a high performer when you were when you were in a hostel listening to two people fuck beside you (laughs) (laughs) whilst you're trying to like send an email um but yeah, I suppose that's the thing. But again, Lou, you're going to have some good stories off that. So I want to just ask a couple of things, right? Obviously, we're not, uh, if I ask this two or three times over the next couple of months, you probably come back with different stories. But like, what's like a standout, like high moment? And then like, what's a standout low moment of, uh, of the that's I'll go with the low one because there was, there, was, there was a period. So basically, yeah. how everyone felt during lockdown and being in the house is that I basically self-imposed that. Uh, to myself inadvertently because I hadn't seen anybody in maybe like six to eight weeks I'd gone from Switzerland in July with my mum because my mum kind of came out and just gagged onto my holidays as, as we went through the year like she'd come and meet me in Barcelona and then she'd come and meet me uh, in Barbados and then it was uh, Switzerland and I'm like you can't get rid of her then and then basically uh, I, I got her over so she could have these holidays because she wouldn't be able to do it by herself so we had this lovely time in Switzerland in the Alps which is one of my favorite places um, is that I, I left her then to then go to Morocco. I was there on my own with Morocco. Then after that, I was then in um, Albania or, or one of those countries. I forgot which one it was, but it was like Eastern Bloc. Um, and then we, I, I went like, um, I went Argentina, Peru, uh, Rio. And by the time I got to Rio, I hadn't seen anybody uh, in that period of time. I'd done like Machu Picchu. I'd done all the beautiful things, Buenos Aires all these amazing places, but I'd been on my own for like six to eight weeks, hadn't spoke to anybody because work was so high that I'd basically work. I'd go out for two or three hours around the city. I'd run around as fast as I can, do 25,000 steps to see all of these things and then jump back in the house or the ha- or the hotel to then go and sleep again. And I'd basically got myself into this point where I basically mimicked lockdown for COVID. And I went, I went loopy. As soon as I got onto flight uh, to Rio, it was going to be my first break of, uh, away from work in and maybe two and a half, three years, because we wear it as a badge at that point, right? <laughs> you, were, you were working really, really hard as a badge. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you realize you're breaking on the inside. What a dumb decision that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I got to Rio and I was meeting a friend who came over from, uh, from uh, New York. And as I got there, I got on a flight Luckily, I'd been upgraded to first class because I spent so much money on bloody uh, airlines that they brought to first class. But it was only Latimer, so I basically got about four extra free apples. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, that was the that was the difference. Super excited, and then they're like, "Right, we've given you a pink lady apple rather than a gala apple." Literally, and I'm like, "I I want." I want the pink. The, I want the pink gala. You know, you know. I, I want. I want the um the juicy one. You know, what is the uh, the Granny Smith? Give me oh, a yeah, one. Um, 
but anyway, I got on that flight and I was like, right, okay. Spoke to my dad on the phone. I'm like, dad, I'm going to go uh, dark for a week. I'm going to Rio with my friend, so I'm going to be okay. Probably a bad idea to go to Rio and turn your phone off. But anyway, um, I did that and I basically got on the flight and I had this like, what the fuck? Am I, what, what do I do now? Because I'd, I'd shut away every communication I had. I was on a flight for the 11 hours and I just had that moment where I was like, I'm so alone. I'm masking traveling uh, as a way to like, kind of, you know, I, I don't know what I'm trying to search for, but it's not happening because I go to these different places and I feel great. But then I also feel like I should be sharing this with someone as opposed to being on my own, like having all of these memories in my head is fantastic. But by the end of the year, by that point, I was like, it's, it's not really great on your own. Like you and Jade are going to have a fantastic time when you go away. Cause you've got that to share between the two yeah. of you. That's, and that's the secret source of the, that's the, the also high as well. Cause you'll learn that. But I got there and just I basically mental breakdown. I ended up, eating whatever was in first class because I was dieting and I just ended up binge eating for 11 hours on a flight, which is really easy to do because they're giving you free food, but you're like, I can have another meal. And I'm like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, go on. I'm so, like, and they're basically <laughs> serving these meals to you straight up and I'm dagging on 11 of them. And then sitting on my own in first class, just weeping away to how sorrow I am. Anyway, I got off the flight, had a, a fantastic week in Rio, but realized that I'd just uh, isolated myself massively and I needed to change that. So basically from September onwards, I um I made sure that uh, the the trips that I were I was going on was with other people and tried to to match that as best as possible. So I went to LA with someone and in Nairobi I did with other people like clients of mine who asked me to come over. Um, I did um, America with Canal um, and I did the Seychelles on my own just before I come back for Christmas. But that was the low. You realise that you know COVID is I, yeah, I don't that's the, yeah that's the impact and it's gave you a like a really good insight in terms of being able to to get into the mindset of somebody who's feeling that isolation because you went through it yourself and you went through it before so you've seen the, like the depths of it as well um and yeah that i kind of i think i kind of more came on your radar just as you were coming out the other side of that because when we were speaking uh you know i i was planning on coming out to uh for a, for a week you know yeah. basically just to see how it was working out with uh, my home comfort setups you know like I was just finding my feet as an online coach and I was like right, you've you've done this I'm planning on going traveling uh, so I think I like came on your radar as you'd went through that a little bit but then we're more starting to realize that, that you you needed that social interaction and that's the thing as well is like it's awesome to meet new people. It's awesome to get these social interactions. And you, both me and you are very social, but also like our own time as well. Um, so there is a period of like, you could get comfortable within your own time. And it's good to meet new people. But I think sometimes being able to share like common memories, like recurring common memories as well, like with yeah. your best mates, you know, that just makes it more and more deep and deeper and deeper in terms of like the, the banter and connection that you can have with somebody. And if you're just relentlessly traveling on your own, like you're not really ever giving yourself that opportunity. No. So it's yeah. um it's camaraderie that's what the 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 emotion well if that's an emotion but it's the it's the camaraderie of sharing things with other people that you know that you trust that you like that you shared all the stuff with that's the secret source for some reason for for me spending loads of time on my own is great but like like when we did something together or we were going to do that or i did that with other people like kunal like one of the best memories i ever got was one of the the crappiest ones out the whole year it was like we were going me and kunal were going to a basketball game together but I, I had the most excitement in the whole year because i was sharing this with someone that also wanted to do this massively too and i'll never forget that time because i was like wait a minute i feel way happier now than i did when i seen every other wonders of the world but i'm only going to see a basketball game in somewhere snowy like michigan which was crap um and we've just been to miami we've just been loads of other stuff but 
this was the the camaraderie that I I kind of missed. And then yeah. I based basically uh, Barcelona, and then coming back based on trying to find either camaraderie within like uh, the the circle that we've got, or as well as that um, camaraderie within a relationship and and friends and family and stuff like that. And that's huge for me now because of that. And I, th- I think that was one of the like driving factors of me confirming that I was going to grow Recomp into a team as well was purely for the, the you know the band of brothers camaraderie like let's build something together and be part of something bigger than just me like yep. yeah it was good to get great results with with my clients myself but like if you can build something where it's meaningful that you're doing something as a bigger team as a bigger purpose like that that shit gives you so much more fulfillment you know um right so we've went down the 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 isolation the lonely the lows let's uh let's talk about the highs and uh yeah let's uh what's the what's the the best one what's the the top standout memory i think um there's, there's probably three standout ones one is uh in terms of uh just destination overall um mykonos is probably if i've been to millions of places but mykonos is one of those places that has everything that you want and not to mention i met elliot there and we had a good night out there um and as well as that it's just a fantastic island uh, to go and do everything on so uh, there's plenty of booze there's plenty of great food there's you know there's luxury there's also you know whatever you need so look look at uh, that cost me an arm and a leg that trip but um it's one of those places that when you when you do go to you should do it properly go to scorpios which is a nightclub very similar to like how i beat is um mambos it's, it's basically mambos on a, on a cliff which is fantastic um and then probably as much as that that low time came to that point like rio is a fantastic city i, I looked at moving to rio because it was that good when i was there uh, it just i just didn't and thank god i didn't because covid just ruined it right so it's one of those cities that is, is is a beachy amazing place it's got the city and it's got the potential to be a uh, stick a couple of co-working spaces there and people will go and, and work there but it's obviously got a dangerous un- undertone that like you don't want to go out past 10 p.m uh, <laughs> that's fine if you want if you're in bed I'm by 9 30 like i'm used to that guys <laughs> yeah, yeah literally it's the same stuff when you're used to that type of stuff it's like rough around here as well yeah um, and then probably the um, the whole America trip was probably a, a large a large factor. We'd gone all the way from Miami and drove all the way up to uh, New York. So all, all on the way, you know, one of mine and Kunal's uh, things were that we just want to watch the basketball and American football and go all the way up to the top. So um, I mean, seeing that like seeing that from the inside at the time, like just in what's out, you're constantly like putting in pictures of your new like new sports shirts and like at the games i was like motherfuckers that just looks like the best time and i i can imagine like even with that as much as like going to the games and like you know renting a like a good car and all that kind of stuff is like that these are like highlight features but actually you probably just got a lot of decent banner from just like just being in the car like chatting shit you know what I mean? like, the, the car was the, the car and the bed the bed was the, the best the beds were the best time at the hotel store because we yeah. just sit there and work uh, with each other and like and just, just chill and whatever and we just chat shit and then you then get in the car and then you listen to some podcasts and you have a conversation about the podcast and you yeah. have a conversation about what's coming up next and it was just like that um you're living someone living with someone that you really enjoy that's no stress for, for a whole month and uh when you can do that you know that you've got a good mate first of all and then secondly that you can you can operate and you've got definitely common common values which is really easy because you never clash at all yeah yeah that's true 
It's interesting to see that the like the high and the low of the trip is literally the stellar opposite of each other, but they're very much aligned. It's like with people that you click with and then without people that you click with, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's definitely, I think we're going to see a bit of carnage when the, when the UK opens back up and people actually get to see their good mates again. I know yeah. I'm definitely uh, definitely keen for having a good couple of loose nights with uh, with my with my good mates. Yeah, um, it's long overdue. Yeah. Right. So with that, like you touched on uh, the fact that it was a bit tough to 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 really latch on to any form of routine and any form of structure, and I know that that's something that you are you've now got down to an art in terms of being able to like refine your own structure because you had to do it so intensely and uh, and so pretty like so quickly each week but it's something that we talk about very very early on like you know there's the whole uh, should you stick to a meal plan should you use flexible diet and approach right and we're like these are two surface things and the actual fact we're talking about the structure behind it like that's what gives people the clarity in their day that's what sets people up for success and uh yeah i just wanted to dig in like what are you looking at when you are setting up a daily routine with clients like how what are you even thinking about when it comes to structure what is structure like if somebody you know somebody's looking at a listen to this podcast like what are we talking about you I think the four underlying tones of structure, which then create consistency, which then create results in whatever you're doing anyway. So it's the it's structure is the ability for you to uh, be consistent in the endeavors that you're trying to do, whether that's uh, being an athlete or just be a normal individual that wants to give the best to their children. Is that if you don't have some level of structure, which is these four things that I'm going to speak in a minute, then you'll always be running and uh, let the day pass with you. And, you know, if one thing happens and snowballs, you won't be able to get it back for three or four days and then your week will just go and you're like, oh my God, where did the week go? Um, and you won't be able to have any type of foresight into saying, okay, this is what I want to do this week and actually guarantee that happening. Um, so we know that, like, let's say, for example, uh, those with structure will maybe do like a, a weekly a weekly food plan, like we spoke about with the, like they've got kids. So Monday night will be fish and chips. Tuesday night will be this. No, our house was Saturday takeaway. Um, you know, Chinese Thursday night is lasagna and they have this structure up and down. So that when 5.30 PM comes, they know what they're having. So they don't have to make these decisions and then make these, um, last minute calls, which may take people off trajectory. Cause we know that people will go towards the easy option as opposed to the right option. And sometimes the easy one is detrimental to all these other things that we're trying to achieve as well. So I think the four fundamentals that come down to structure is, uh, reducing overwhelm, um, creating non-negotiables, uh, reducing decisions, and then making it automatic. They're the four things that if you if you think of a structure, they're the four things that you're trying to get out of your day. Like you don't want to be thinking about, oh, is it chicken or is it beef uh, tonight at, when you're trying to be thinking about work? Or when you're hungry, you don't want to be thinking about, okay, what shall I eat or what shall I eat? Because everybody's been to the supermarket when they're hungry. You ain't making good decisions when you're there, right? You're always buying a biscuit just because, or you're always buying Haribo, or it just becomes... 10 times harder and that's what that those four values do if you get those four values locked into your day with the premise of like i want to make things easy for myself i want to take the pressure off myself i want to make it non-negotiable and i want to be able to do it and then i want to be able to uh, reduce how many thought processes that i have on a day-to-day basis if you look at those as the biggest premise then you will get structure and how you do that is based on what you have in your day and what that means uh, from a, a priority perspective, like most people will have to a look at the biggest priority within the day. So whether that's work or kids, you decide, um, yeah. and um, and then you have to think, okay, well, that goes into your diary first. You know, no one puts health and fitness in the diary first, apart from people like us, because we're 
idiots and we value that super highly right or like pts that just have no life um they'll put their fitness in first but you'll you'll end up with putting those two things in first and then you'll be like okay well what's next and at that that point you're looking at like meal timings you're looking at uh what time you're going to start your day what time you're going to go to the gym what time you're going to give to yourself all of these variables that will need to go into your day some way shape or form and then you slot them in within those 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 areas and that's how you then come up with those plans of what you should do. And it, for the most part, I think that once you can uh, once you can refine a period of time where you review weekly. So I do Friday mornings, just done it just before I came on this call. It's like what's happening next week from a, a calendar perspective. What have I got on? What's happening at the weekends? Am I getting a haircut? I've got a photo shoot. Am I got what am I eating this week? What time am I doing the supermarket sweep? What time am I doing the cleaning? What time am I doing the um, you know, what time's the valet coming for the car or whatever it is, they all get put in the put in the uh, in the calendar. And then therefore you can then we work out what what's what's what else is going in and what time you're doing other things. And therefore you have that the overwhelm's reduced because you're mapping it out in front of you. The yeah. the decisions are down because you're having them done the decisions on the Friday. So you don't have to make them on the Monday or make them on the Sunday when you're like, Oh my God, I've got work tomorrow. And then you've got it mapped out. So you you've laid it all out. So that those things go in at that time. And all you have to do then is get better at doing them at that time, even though you might not want to. Yeah. 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 And I think you hit the nail on the head there. And, and some good examples off the back of that is the way that I view structure, right. Is it's just putting the front end thought process into creating what you need to do on a daily basis. And then that for some people that can look completely different, you know, it definitely should look different between certain people uh, because you've got different things in your life. Um, but it's putting that forward thought process into the day to make sure you are reducing the amount of decisions, the headspace that you're using for it, making sure you are clear on what you're doing within that day. But also it's especially for clients at the very, very beginning, like you don't have the skill set around this. We're having to change a lot of the underlying like thought processes and uh, you know habit structures so they need to have that support structure in there in the first place but also it's it's really about understanding that you are prone to making mistakes so if we can have that clear support structure that when your emotional state is slightly different from what you would like it to be you're maybe not as motivated or you are a little bit hungry crab it cranky prone to grabbing like for myself if I go to the, the supermarket and I'm super hungry like i better stay away from that bakery aisle or it's or it's getting savaged you know um so it's like right okay well if i reduce the amount of opportunities for me to go off plan because of how i feel in that moment and i increase the clarity in terms of what i need to do within that day then by default i've got a much much higher chance of actually being successful with what i'm trying to do and I can see Luna in the background, like <laughs> she's Luna's uh, Nathan's dog for anybody listening. Maybe she's not having Kevin talk. She just starts to. She maybe she just likes your voice or hates it. Either one. Hey, I've got dogs love me, man. Dogs love me. I'm telling you, like I think it's something to do with the fact that I'm a decent bloke. <laughs> no, not at all. Or maybe that you've already got always got food around your mouth. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, no, I swear, it's, I, I'm decent bloke. Like, pocket full of biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that supermarket trip, yeah. that bakery, that bakery man, it gets me. Yeah, no, you you're totally right though. Um, it limits the amount of uh, whoopsies uh in the week um and uh, here's an example as well right so uh, i speak to a therapist weekly because it's good for my mental health and she we're working through something at the moment that's very very difficult for me to do which is say no to clients when they come on board uh, for myself because i'm like 
we're a business now. I need to not take them for myself. I need to take them to the other guys. I'm fully whapped. You know, I can't do any more. I'll break. And I know my limits now. So what you mean say no to them? So you have the conversation with them. You're excited to help them. And then you have to say no. And you have to trust that your other trainers are going to be as useful. And, and, they will, um, and they will say yes to training with other people as opposed to my fabulous self. Um, so, so that same thing yeah totally, totally. So, so I'm going through this now where I get on the call I'm not really prepared for it I get on the call this guy goes yeah I really want to sign up and I'm like okay cool we'll, we'll allocate you trainer da, 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 da. and then he goes oh so I'm not working with you and I'm like oh, yeah you can do um, and, and that is the exact thing that happens every single day if you don't have a structure because something will challenge you and what the ther- therapist said to me was, and it's the same process. And I was like, wait, you could be a nutrition coach. Like yeah, the same as we're, like, what we're doing is that she goes, you need to have it proactively written down or it proactively before you go into that call to know that you're doing that exact thing. You're going to write it down and you're going to say, you know, you're not open for business for yourself. And you need to then say that when you're on the call. But when mm-hmm. I went, when I don't, when I go into that, not prepared, not prepping myself to say that or written down and say, I'm not taking any clients on. I then end up taking clients on because I don't have that ability to, I, I do a whoopsie. And if yeah. we're looking at that from a perspective of other people that are not good, let's say you're coming towards for some help, you're probably not that great from a nutrition perspective. Uh, otherwise you probably wouldn't need our help yeah. if, to, to be super, super clear. So therefore you have to do the same premise when it comes to nutrition and structure and training because it gets you past that hard time and decreases the amount of whoopsies that you have and ends up then, you know, for me, it's taking more clients on. For you, it'll be eating more calories and then getting less results. Yeah, yeah, nail, nail on the head. Absolutely nail on the head with that one. Uh, I really like that way of describing it. It's, you know, that's the, that's the thing. When you've, when you've got that underlying clear structure of what you need to do, the, the, the kind of key thing that you're trying to prevent and the key things that you're trying to do, um, then it makes it really easy to start strategizing that, you know, like writing it down, getting clear on what you should be doing, getting clear on the the this the things that could trip you up, and then putting something in place for it. Like so, for our clients, it's like your non-negotiable so your structures based off around these, right? So it's like your your meal plan or or your nutrition plan, your your steps, your training. Um, th- these main things that you that you're looking for here, it's like right, okay, well these are the things we need to do, but like, how do we actually just lay that out within your day? Like for some people, they might have a school run in the morning. So therefore they probably can't get the early steps in then, but they might have like, uh, you know, a walking lunch meeting. So, right. Okay. That's it. But, but we know what we're trying to achieve on that daily basis, first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. when you've got that, it's like, right. Okay. Well, we can't break that or else you don't get results. So we need to figure out the strategy and then that's when you get really clear on your structure and it supports that, you know? So and I, I would recommend for most people, uh, the framework that I use is, is plan your week once uh, a week, Friday before, just cause I've done it and it works. That's just pretty anecdotal. It's great. Yeah. Um, second one is, is utilize your meal timings as that uh, structure within your day. So, you know, 6 PM to 10 or whatever time you have your meals is like you block them out in your day and then you give yourself 30 minutes there. So if that's a little bit of a walk and eat at the same time, that's fantastic 
or you will always have and then when you've done that you look at your meals you look at your uh, whatever you've got to do within the day from a work perspective and kid perspective then you'll have brackets of time you will have morning time between you know everyone's got between six and nine as well as much as people don't wake up at six that's okay uh, and the same as you've got between the hours of probably seven and twelve that's that's kind of two brackets of time now you can choose how much you sleep into those that's fine but then there will be a pocket of time in the evenings or the mornings that you'll be able to steal half an hour to be able to go and do steps or steal half an hour to go and do uh, batch cooking with your food intake and that's where you, then you start strategizing okay well morning's times are not great for me I've, I've been up with the kids all night so therefore I'm going to still keep my uh, my my wake up time at 7 30 and go straight to work as, as I do that but in the evening because I've kind of started at 7 30 in my my morning I might have a, an hour in the evening to either catch up on steps or do batch cooking um, and then you start like chunking your time in blocks and then hopefully over the week you'll you'll have your meal prep done you'll have your steps done for the most part and they'll always be in there some way, shape or form. And then it's like at the end of the week, you review it and you're like, OK, well, that didn't work or that did work. Or Tuesday's not a really good time to do the cooking in the evening because I haven't gone to the supermarket. Yet. And it's like, oh, well, you know, OK, cool. Do it the weekends then. And then you start doing those little things. And the next minute you've you've got a structure that you're curious about. And I think that's the largest um, uh, influx of thing that I had over the year was after about March, it got really, really boring to try and do the whole structure thing because it was difficult to work out figure out where you're going to eat you know you're eating an all-inclusive breakfast in in Athens in one morning and then the week after you're in an Airbnb with no food and then you're like oh, I can't use the same structure because I'll go hungry yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. um, so you you have to get curious with okay what's going to be best for me at this moment in time yeah. and once you become curious and know that it's a it's a core fundamental that you don't see many and I know it's a bit wanky to choose, but it's like you don't see many CEOs, business people, entrepreneurs, people that are completely on their time who are very, very effective and, and working at a really high level. You don't see those guys not uh, planning the week ahead. And it doesn't have to be to the minutiae. Like that's that's even more yeah. wanky. If you're like, I'm going to take a poo at 10.30 and then I'm going to have a coffee <laughs> at 10.45 and then I'm yeah. going to speak to this person at 11.05. But that's, that's wanky. Like you don't need to do that. But like plus or minus 30 minutes for most things is absolutely fine. Yeah, and then just even, like even taking it back, like sometimes it literally can be as simple as putting in the diary when you're going to do your training sessions that week. Like you've got four sessions to do. What days are you doing them? What end of the day are you particularly going to be doing them? What are you going to do before it? What are you going to do after it? So that it's like you're clear on when it should be done. Um, as, as you said, it doesn't need to be down to the five minute thing, but that's something that I didn't click to this until I actually went online because um now, when I went online, I realized that actually it's not common for people to actually schedule the week out. Whereas me and you, when we're on the gym floor for the last decade, we have been slaves to the diary. You know, it's like somebody books in for a 6 a.m. session. You are there, you know, and then you're there for every session of the week. Whereas when you're online, you get to choose when you want to schedule your check ins. You get to do that. So you actually have to have the the, you know, it's not a liaison back and forth. To, to create your schedule it's like you have complete control so now I can build the structure that I want that suits me that serves me um but then when you've got somebody that maybe works in retail and they've got like a set nine to five or somebody that works in an office that doesn't have like meetings or anything it's just that they just turn up and they deal with what's in front of them that day they don't need to schedule their time they've never done it so mm -hmm. it feels like a foreign concept but as you said like do it once refine it use it as a base like template skill set get really fucking good at it to start with 
and then you'll never need to do it again until such times as certain things changes. Yeah. And like you used that, you used the example of like one time you're using an all-inclusive breakfast, and then the next time you're in an Airbnb and there's no breakfast there. So you had to change that structure. You had to change how that looks. And that happens even within the continuum of a diet, just for a normal person who's got the same home, the same setup, the same lunchtime, everything, because other things influence it. It could literally be that you're too hungry to follow a four meal structure. At the end of a diet, we need to use something like time-restricted eating and we're caffeine dosing in the morning. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that until you were clear on like what structure you were using right now that's not working for you, you know? Um, so it's like that that can kind of snowball. And it just, again, it comes down to that clarity, doesn't it? It's like you, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing right now. Is it working for you? Do we need to change it? And have you done it for long enough? You know, you, you, uh, you've got to test something. Like, luckily for me, most most days were seven days in a, in a week. And normally by the time you get to number five, you realise whether you're behind or you're in front or you're all right. Um, and I think a lot of people don't test a, a process enough or, or, or find that consistency because they've never used the structure before. So therefore, they're not consistent uh, to then do seven or 14 days. Because if you look at, let's say, for example, if you had meal times, and this is back to dieting, you've had meal times of nine, 12, six and eight. That's what Kiana, we recommend in our initial framework with autonomy is that just stick with something like that. If you go nine, 12, six and eight. You know, no puppies are going to die. You'll be absolutely fine. It may be a bit different, but, you know, most people eat at those points, right? So you'll be fine. And then as you go through the diet, someone goes, I'm really, really hungry. So then you go, okay, we're going to go to time-restricted eating. So instead of that meal at nine, you're going to shift that first meal to 11 or 12. But you'll only figure out what times you're hungry by doing that nine, 12, six, and eight consistently. And as we've said before, is that hunger is uh, trainable. And it's something that you can go over and actually get to a point of like, okay, I know I'm going to be hungry between nine and 12. So I'm going to use A, willpower, B, caffeine, C, water. And then you know four is the, I'm not going to uh, cave and eat anything. And you can know that because you've got a structure that will tell you that feedback. You're almost expecting the hunger because you're used to it on the daily basis. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, yeah that's a very good point, actually. That it's one of those it's the structure thing or the like show me show me your schedule plan it out is one of the first things that i say to clients when they tell me they're too busy um yeah. like, right okay because we're going to find gaps in your day that we can actually put things in and you know as as harsh as it sounds like most people aren't too busy they're just too busy on the phone you know yeah. it's like um and that was a that was a realization for even myself when when i first went on to online it was like it's taken me x amount of time to do a check-in it's like did your phone sit and face up not like whatsapp's pinging instagram's pinging emails are pinging you're getting distracted every three minutes so now when i'm checking it's blocked into my calendar and the phone's either in another room or in a desk you know uh, or on flight modes and it's like right cool actually that check-in would have took you 20 minutes <laughs> you know what i mean like um and it's the, it's the same with it's like i don't have time to go out and do my steps so it's like well you got home and you sat on instagram and you fire emojied my uh my other client getting really good results and i'm like well you did have time to do your steps <laughs> get, off, get off instagram yeah. you know is that uh, the the things that people use for like let's say emotional comfort they don't see as um not not necessity so they'll see those things as a necessity so they'll see the instagram scrolling as necessity or habit they'll see the 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 netflix as necessity because they're like i need to chill out before i go to bed because i've had a stressful day which is absolutely fine but then you then when you highlight to a client that that's consciously competent that they could change those things it becomes a what do you mean? Uh, I can't have like I can't I can't watch two Netflix episodes in the evening like, and it becomes like 
I'm only going to have one. In fact, and then it becomes like a privilege to do like, I, what do you mean? I'm not going to do two of those. Or I'm not going to go on Instagram in the evenings. Like are you expecting me to go out of steps at 9 PM. I'm like, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> and I mean, not with the stuff that's going on at the moment with the, um, the stuff yesterday with the lady who yeah, got killed. Like, I, I would definitely won't be uh, expecting ladies to go out and do steps at 9 PM at night. But for, for me, I, I just didn't understand. And for some people, I always say, are you comfortable going out at 9 PM at night? And some of them, ladies, some people will say, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. That's on, that's your choice if you want to do that. Apart from that, go and walk around your kitchen. Like, if that's how you well, do steps. That's probably one of the biggest changes in myself as a trainer, as I've aged as a trainer and got a bit more life experience, is rather than just tell somebody what to do, I ask them, right, this is what we need to achieve. Like, how can we actually do this? Yeah. So for some people that, you know, might not be the fear of walking outside it, it could genuinely be the fact that they really want to watch this episode of Netflix, right? You know, and it's like, this this show is fucking awesome. I want to watch it. I want to unwind with it. I'm like, right, sweet. So you're not willing to give up that show on Netflix. Here's a 25 quid rebox step from Amazon. I want you doing your steps whilst you're watching it. Yeah. You know? And they're like, all right, okay. That, that's the compromise that we're both willing to meet in the middle. You've got it done. Probably feels a bit weird for the first couple of episodes that you're watching something whilst you're stepping on the spot, you know. Um, your partner's probably going to look at you like you're a bit of a bit of a melt, but uh, but it gets the job done. You get to where you want to be. You feel better in yourself, and you're still getting that enjoyment. So same with um, you know, same with Instagram. Like probably don't go out walking in the street, walking into poles whilst you're swiping up and down. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, but it's the same thing. You can definitely still factor these things in you just need to have a clear idea of what your day actually and your week involves you know um, yeah 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 so with that actually i suppose that that brings us right on to the next point i was uh, almost like i'm getting good at these podcasts <laughs> number two <already. laughs> hey number two um so yeah it's like as you've grown as a trainer one of the one of the things before i met you um you know i was banging out some good transformations and you know i was doing a doing some aftercare with clients, taking them back out of a diet, which was nice. Um, just got a notification, obviously not getting that good at these podcasts. That was a nice big sound. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I was getting good results. Um, we're doing the aftercare, we're getting people back out of it. But realistically, I probably didn't have as clear a picture of the entire spectrum of a client journey until we were going back and forth, chatting out. And it was, you know, having that sounding board where I could run my ideas back and get a good response um and just figure it out through conversation it's gave me a much clearer picture of you know the full spectrum like where a client starts at the very beginning with absolutely zero skills to where they want to be in 10 years you know um rather than just get in shape then i'll see you in two years time when you want to do that again you know um so i think even your entire company which i love the name actually that you coined that and absolutely like i literally i I named recomp because that's what we do. We change people's body composition, uh, you know, and you uh, you went ahead with the autonomy because you want to teach people to, to be autonomous in their own life. I was like, that's fucking killer. But um, yeah, let, let, let me run me through it. Like, what's your vision in terms of like, I'm a complete beginner. I'm sitting there with bad habits and I've got absolutely no idea how to fix them, but I want to get in shape. And more importantly, I don't really want to have to go through this again. Like, Yeah, it's, um, it's the premise of, it's the evolution of uh, what, 
what personal trainers or what people that uh, help other people knew and do as as their profession. Like originally, uh, most trainers and most nutritionists are not, and I'm not afraid to, to say it, is that we didn't know what we could affect daily. We didn't know that we had such a pull on people's lifestyles, pull on people's routines. Like the fact that we're talking about structure now, four or five years ago, uh, we would have felt out of our lane speaking about this. Um, and not in our in our right to do so. So I think that over the over the last maybe 15, 20 years, people have thought, okay, cool, our job is to get people losing fat. And then what happened was is that people lost fat and then they gained it back and then they came back again two years, three years later. And then these PTs and nutritionists were thinking, well, I'm inadequate, I'm shit, I don't know what I'm doing because I'm we got people this 10 kilos off, but then they can't keep it afterwards. But yeah. people got into that trap of actually staying in there and that's what they that that's their lane. That's what they specialized in. They just did fat loss. Whereas now from what I'm seeing and what I've done and what we've seen with clients and whatnot, it's like you you cringe every time you see a client after two years and they've gained the weight way back and even more. And you're like, you know, I did, at one time I didn't recognize a client that I was sitting in prep with. Um, yeah. that, that, you know, 70 kilo, gone from 90 kilos down to 75, 70, 70, you know, whatever, amazing, amazing transformation, 20 kilos in, in some like 24 weeks or whatever. And then um, I met her after I come back from traveling um, and then she was 105 kilos and something like that just breaks my heart. And I know that it, it really affects you too, is that we, there was a, just, there's just a need to elevate what we do because ultimately from a, a nutrition trainer perspective, the diff, there's a, and I learned this is that this, I thought diets were sustainable and I thought that's what you just did for the rest of your life. A, because I hadn't got it controlled with myself and I'd gone through those cycles where yeah, I'd gained a bit of weight back and I just diet again. It'd be fine. And I just yeah. came, came in that cycle and that's what is normal. But then when you realize that actually you, you should only diet when you need to, not as a premise of your day-to-day structure and like mm-hmm. this whole maintenance thing of like maintaining your weight and eating, eating some foods that you really enjoy is actually possible. But finding that was the whole premise of autonomy is like, I've been through it so many times now with clients and kind of tried different things that I was like, this is the shit that you need to do when you get in shape, like getting in shape is, is, is relatively easy. You apply some structure, you learn to navigate those habits, you practice them and you just fail and practice, fail and practice, fail and practice until you get to that point where you find a solution, you find the one, a strategy that works for you and you get the elusive physical goal that you get. It's just a practice mentality. It's trial and improvement as we have as our like third phase. And you try something like a framework um, that we give you to kind of start you off in a good foot, like the whole structure thing that you were talking about when you, tell people to this this is the kind of structure that you'd like to do this is what we want to uh, try to achieve what do you think you can do within your day that's how we do that too and then once people get to that elusive physical goal there needs to be that drive forward so that they're not going backwards they're not you know the day after the the shoot or they they finish lean eight or whatever they're like okay well what can i go and eat and what can i what can i say yes to now because i've been saying no to them you know throughout that dieting period we have uh, based on research and based on the uh, the trials and tribulations of basically uh, my clients in the last 10 years, a criteria of things that you must do in the next six months to ensure that this turns from like you staying in shape for the last, next six months to you staying in shape for the next five to 10 years. And, we, and we've put kind of stuck our neck out on the line really a little bit because you don't see many people saying that this is what you need to do to stay in shape long term because it's quite a unknown subject for most people because they either don't start, they finish coaching straight away after they've got their result and then they gain it back or people who do stay long-term two, three years into a, into a, um, into a coaching premise, 
they aren't looking for the client to leave. They aren't looking for the client to um, uh, go away from coaching. So they never teach them the skills to be able to do it by themselves. Because if someone is paying you 150 pounds or 200 pounds a month, in their eyes, it would be stupid for you to teach them so they could do it on their own. You know, I've been told before by previous bosses, why would you want to teach them what they could do on their own? Because that that would then uh, reduce our retention rate. It's like, mm. that's crazy. So anyway, yeah. we uh, we moved into a position where if you do these five things for six months, I, we can guarantee that you will have a, a a better handle on long-term weight maintenance and know what to do when you either go up or you move down or or whatnot, and then you become autonomous through that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. And I think that, again, I suppose that is probably why we voice note back and forth so like so often with it because it's we're very much along the same journey line like i you know i came back from uh you know i won't name it but we we both worked in the dungeons um the, you know uh pt studios where the premise was to get people in the best shape uh, when i came back in back to glasgow and started banging out some pretty uh you know unusual transformations um i kind of thought i was a good trainer and it wasn't until like about a year after like one of my first kind of big ones that I was like right okay I'm standing a bit a bit out from the pack here thinking I'm the dog's bollocks and then I you know I walked down the street to the Starbucks at the gym and I was like holy shit you are heavier than when I started with you I have not I don't even have a service like this is not a service worth buying because I'm going to get you looking tremendous for your uh for your event your wedding your, your holiday whatever it is and then you're i'm going to see you um like two years later and you're going to be right back to to the beginning so it that was the moment where i was like oh shit that i need to change things um so when it came to when it came to like refining that obviously we've had a bit of back and forth understanding the client journey understanding actually what they need um you know it's it's you see on Instagram, you sell before and afters because that's that's what's sexy. It's what sells. It's like it gets people in the door. But actually, like once you've got people through, you kind of have to explain to them straight away. It's like actually that's part of the journey. Like don't get me wrong, we are going to get you in the best shape of your life. We're going to get you uh, feeling at your most confident, looking your best. But you know the way that we can't describe it is we've got four phases. So the prime phase, which is you know, what we've just spoke about right there, is just getting your structure in place. The diet phase, which is getting you to where you want to be. But that's literally like 50% of the journey done. Now we're on to the reverse diet, which is taking you back up to a sustainable amount of food somewhere that you actually enjoy being that's not dieting. Um, and then the final one, which is like playing the long term, the long cards, which is what do you actually want fitness to be for you? Um, for some people, that's like spending multiple years chasing performance goals you know like getting really good at running getting really good at deadlifting getting really good at doing chin-ups like it's, it's an actual tangible performance goal that could be based around just actually enjoying training or it could be like i want to build a you know a big ass like i'm going to get really good at hip thrust and rdls or it could be like let's just build you know playing tennis twice a week and going to the gym to make sure you're injury free so you actually enjoy your life and the focus is not on dieting you know um so i think like when i first started getting transformations i, I like those last two phases weren't even on my radar i'd never heard anybody speak about them you know so we didn't know that we didn't know what we didn't know you know if that's a, the best way to describe it. um so yeah it's, it's one of those ones it's like you need to kind of understand where the client comes in on the journey and um, 
I think that's where we have really been starting to refine things over the last couple because like your understanding of like the autonomy way is starting to really flesh out and, and be like, no, this is what you need. Like, I know you don't know you need this right now, but you do need that structure. You do need that meal plan right now. I'm going to teach you how to go to a restaurant and not sweat the menu. It's probably week one's probably not the place to, to start asking about that, you know? No. Um, not, not if the, the end goal is uh, autonomy or the end goal is that longer term three, six, five, um because because simply um everything has its place and obviously most people that come into the the journeys like this will have the context of trying to get in shape and it's okay for you as a client to not see past getting in shape because for most of you it's probably never been achieved and you've probably tried and tried and tried again like like you know for, for me until i got in the shape that i wanted but did it the way that i wanted so like you know i've i've oh i, I can i can grind and go 900 calories that's fine for four weeks but i wanted to do a journey that filled me with satisfaction to be able to know that i didn't like have to put everything out to do so uh, and grind so hard to achieve it so when i did it properly and i was like okay this, this is this is it and then you move on to that next phase, you actually tick that proverbial box. But let's say if you've if only you've done Weight Watchers and you've done Cambridge diet, then you've you've done intermittent fasting, then you've tried to calorie count and that didn't work. And then you then just didn't do anything for a couple of years. And then you're now, now 20 kilos heavier. You will have done lots and lots of failed attempt to something that you feel is quite impossible. And then when it, there's no reason for you to like, let's say, for example, if you're going to uh, a mountain, if you're going to go and climb up, if you've tried to... Uh, if you tried to go up uh, Kilimanjaro five times and failed every single time, why would you even think about Mount Everest? You know, that's yeah. the same thing, right? It's like you, you you wouldn't think about what's after that goal because you've always tried to get there. So it's okay for you to not think about it. But as a coach, as someone that should be the person that's leading the pack and someone that is uh, taking you every step of the way through a journey that is – it's like a, if I was speaking to a financial advisor and the financial advisor didn't know my next move, I'd be like, what am I paying you for? because they need to know where you're heading they need to know what that bigger goal that you're supposed to go to that maybe you're not seeing yet like cool with the financial advisor cool ices are fantastic pensions are fantastic but then after you've done the base level stuff that you've probably never done before like that's me because i'm a shit saver as i don't i've never done ices and pensions before now that i'm doing those she's like yeah but this is where we really wanted to get to the point that where you're putting the money away and investing because now you've actually got a bit of bankroll uh, from yeah. an ISA perspective, you can then go and put that away somewhere else and then, and then, then start financially free. But if she yeah. was like, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll just continue oh, to do I the ISA. What about now? Can you hear me? Oh, maybe not. No sound coming through here. Hello. Oh, Nothing? we're back. We're back. Oh, we're back. back. Oh, that was on a roll then. Um, <laughs> So, so that, so like, if if you if they know your next steps, which they should do, because they're taking people through it all of the time, um, then they should be looking after your best interests at heart. Like, you may think that the biggest thing that you've ever done is save for a pension, um, but actually, she knows that's the first thing on the list as opposed to sixth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that's what that's what that's what our jobs have evolved into. But unfortunately, we didn't, uh, as, a, as a company, as an industry, as a, uh, as lay individuals that just like used to be meatheads and now we're actually people that change people's lives, um, we can actually influence a lot more. Yeah. yeah and no, and, and, and that's, 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 our, that's our bad, but now we're coming good on that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So apologies if you trained with me in my first two or three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was still, I was still an apprentice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's it. It's really it's understanding the fact that it is a it is a full journey. The the person on step one, you know, that is doing base camp to use the Everest analogy again, the they can't see the other side yet. You know, when they come in asking you, telling you that they feel uncomfortable in their clothes, they want to feel comfortable in their clothes. What you hear is actually, I want to be able to never feel uncomfortable in my clothes again. And that's that's actually what you're selling in terms of the journey. But right now, you're just being like, you know what? Here's the exciting carrot. I'm going to dangle it. We're going to get you in shape. But just know, first off, that there is a little bit of aftercare to keep you there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll teach you that when we're at that point that you need to be taught that. Yeah, because you don't want to speak about investment bonds until you've done your ISA. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. You know, it's it's, it's learning the stages. Um, so something you touched on earlier was like that you you do the weekly, uh, you speak to a therapist weekly and it's working really, really well for you. Now you were getting on, on my case about journaling for like the best part of six months because you're like, it will give you such a clearer understanding of who you are. I'm now working with uh, Kieran uh, from Mental Total Mental Performance yeah. uh, and he's, he's class. He really is class. And it's like, I wouldn't say I'm trying to work through anything big or anything. It's just like, where's a clearer understanding of where I want to be as, you know, a quote unquote business owner? Um, where do I want to take this? What fulfillment do I want to get from it? And, you know, how do I go about that? <laughs> you know? Um, and I tried and failed so many times with the journaling, like I would do it and I would never be able to make it stick. And, but I think it's just realizing now that my version of it is conversational rather than written. And that's where I get it from. But if I had, I had, uh, I had Kieran on the, the webinar, like last Wednesday, I think it was. And so many people got so much from it. We got a lot of client feedback being like, it was awesome. He's gave us a playbook to, to try and analyze how we're feeling. Um, but I do know the benefit of journaling and I know that not everybody can afford to work with Kieran. So I was just gonna like pick your, pick your brain on like, if you could give top three tips for journaling, because, uh, you know, I'd love to send all my clients to Kieran and uh, get the benefit of them. But uh, what I am going to do is if you've got any valuable advice to how to make journaling stick, I'm going to tell some of my clients to check it out if they you know, feel that they need that. Yeah, I think um, for me, actually, the biggest important factor is that you need to find your own voice of where you do it. So for me, uh, journaling is less now than it have ever been but it's more clearer than ever uh, because i speak to a therapist um i find that the biggest limiting factor in any type of journaling is is your ego uh, whether you write it down or not you can always mask it uh, so understanding that your ego is your enemy for the most part and that you will write things down that you may not actually believe in and therefore you it doesn't really help you uh, navigate that but understanding that your ego is what you're kind of trying to journal about you're trying to say okay what do i really want why is this happening to me uh, what is these fundamentals that, that why do I keep eating at this time or why do I keep doing this or why can't why do I struggle to open up in these scenarios or, or whatever it is if you're if you're struggling with um, having that bottled up nature which I know a lot of people do they bottle up things and then they're not really able to express it 
it's just simply writing down some of the thing, the, the thoughts that you're thinking and, and having an open open mind to just be like, okay, well, I'm either going to tell myself, the, the biggest tip is find your journal method. So one is either tell a story that you're in. So it's like, you know, I did this today and I did this and I felt like this and I did this. And it's more like conversational where you're having a conversation with yourself. This happened or I think about this with my missus or this happened with this and I feel like this. And then the other option is that you just, you know, bullet point the, the, the way that you're feeling and then see if you can say, okay, why is this happening? And then just uh, dash a line over it and say, okay, why, why is that? Or why is this? Or dash another line and say, this is coming from this, or this is happening in this. Um, but the biggest factor is just start from somewhere. And the first time you do it will be the hardest. And like, I remember when you first did yours, I remember that you, that you did like your first journal uh, thing back in the day was like a long time, right? You, it was supposed to be like a 10, 15 minute thing when it turned into like a, I don't know how long it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like the first time you do it, it will it will open up some kind of worms, um, but that's okay. And and now my journaling consists of like just a to do list. If you if you if you're really trying to organize your mental clarity, because sometimes uh, and this is what I learned from the therapist that I used to I used to try and solve all my own problems. I tried to get like this whole point of like, why 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 is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this not happening? And, and my uh, therapist just asked me one simple question: was like, do you really want to? Do you want to? Do you really need to know why? Yeah. And I was like not particularly she's like well, why why are you trying to solve it then because it's clearly not something that you need to dig into like you don't have to speak about you don't have to talk about or journal about your relationship every single day you don't have to journal about your friendship every single day but if you have a particular thing that's on your mind that you think that will be beneficial for you to kind of work through mm. then that's what the thing that you need to speak about or write down um <sighs> And then in terms of the, the, the that would be step number one, step number one, define your, define your voice. So write on paper, if it's going to be long to like longer story, but mode stuff or, or a to-do list, start with that. That's like the both ends of the spectrum. And then secondly uh, would be not always uh, every thought that you have needs to be written down or everything that you need to kind of solve. So pick the thing that is the biggest quarrel in your mind and, and, and face that. Like for example, me, with I, I keep saying, yes to taking on clients when actually it should be a no why am i doing that that's a that's a massive thing for me um or like let's say for example if you're for, for people that are dieting it's like i keep having i keep saying yes to the takeaway on a friday night when i know that i agreed that i was going to actually not do it thursday morning friday morning but then why is that happening so then you can start delving into that because that's obviously something that you're you're saying you you want it but then you're doing the opposite normally when that happens that's a clear differentiated to work between when you're like logical brain says this and then your your emotional brain does the exact opposite that's when you start thinking about journaling and just kind of saying well why do they differ yeah um, yeah no 100 i think this is why i love the check-in format that we use in terms of people are writing right they write an email to us just a quick recap of how the weeks went because it is that reflection point isn't it and it, and it gives you the you know, it could be analyzing structure, but it could also be analyzing why you keep having that takeaway that you, you said there. And it's like, well, actually, let's uh, let's unpack that a little bit and say, right, is it the fact that you're a little bit scared to get the results, you know? Uh, or is it the fact that you just keep putting yourself in that position where you're tempted whilst you're hungry? Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's see which one it is, or X or 10 different points in between the two of those, you know? Yeah. Um, like I feel, I feel pressure from other people or I feel like it, it's required of me. I feel yeah. like I'm missing out, whatever it is that they, these are little parts for you to be able to like, okay, well that's interesting that I feel like that. Um, why do I feel like that? Like, why do I feel like I'm missing out? Am I really missing out or is it something that I've chosen to miss out on? 
because yeah. I'm actually trying to get this goal that I'm trying to get to. And it's just re reattaining your goal back to um, the thing, the actions that you're taking that will help massively. Which goes back to the first point. We've done a full loop. Get your consistency in. Understand how to refine that. And I think that's a good note to end this first, well, second episode on. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for coming on, mate. It's been uh, it's been good just to just to chat to you. Hopefully, everybody that's listening has taken a couple of nuggets um, from this. Which is <laughs> number one: don't try and do fifty-two cities in fifty-two weeks. Shit <laughs> <laughs> is not fun. Um, but like jokes aside, hopefully, it took some clarity in terms of like how they should be thinking about structure and how they should be thinking about going into a diet because you need to come back out of it as well. Yeah. Um, so love to have you back on another time because we are talking daily, but uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll leave it for a while so that we've got something else to, to approach. But uh, again, thanks very much for coming on, mate, and that will wrap up episode number two. And I appreciate it, mate. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Take care. Bye.